You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy Podcast, featuring the innovators transforming medication management. The Future of Pharmacy Podcast is brought to you by OmniCell. Now here's our host, Ken Perez. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Ken Perez. Today we're talking about managing medications in perioperative settings, which, as most listeners know, tend to be very dynamic and complex environments with unique risks. About half of all operating rooms nationwide now use some type of automated system to manage medications. So it's one of the fastest growing areas of pharmacy automation and quickly becoming a standard of care. On today's program, we're joined by a pharmacy leader as well as an anesthesia leader who've done just that, teamed up several years ago to establish automated processes in the OR as the standard of care throughout their organization. Please welcome from Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist, Katie Muir, System Director of Pharmacy, and Rich Greiner, Chief CRNA for Pediatric Anesthesia. Thanks, Ken. I'm looking forward to the conversation today. It's great to join you, Ken. It's great to have both of you. So Katie, let's start by learning more about Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. Sure, Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist is a regional system within our larger enterprise of Atrium Health. Our facilities are located in the Northwest central part of North Carolina. We have five hospitals, one large academic medical center and four community hospitals. We have around 400 clinics and 12 infusion sites, eight community pharmacies, two of which are specialty pharmacies. We also have a specialty home infusion pharmacy and a pharmacy population health center. Just to give you a sense of the size of that, it's around 60,000 inpatient admissions and observations each year. And I think we have just under 190,000 ED visits in a year across our region. We're working on a lot of different major initiatives, certainly in the emerging care models, like our hospital is at home model and integrating pharmacy services. We're expanding our specialty pharmacy services and population health services to drive value. And we're in the middle of a medication drone delivery program right now. Uh, We certainly enjoy leveraging partnerships with technology vendors like OmniCell to bring together practice experience and technical experience to advance technology and data analytics. I believe those downstream impacts of the partnerships, they allow us to close gaps in care and innovate more comprehensive solutions across the medication use and process and certainly supports the incremental progress towards the fully autonomous pharmacy, Ken. Wow, Katie, that's impressive. Yours is definitely a dynamic, progressive organization, doing a lot. So let's talk about pharmacy's role in all this. Katie, how are pharmacy services organized to support patient care? Yeah, our region has a comprehensive practice model with many inpatient and outpatient pharmacy services. We deploy advanced technician roles throughout our services and use technology to our advantage where we can. We have around 570 professionals working in our department across all of our services. And specific to inpatient, I have oversight of our acute care clinical and operational pharmacy services across our five hospitals. This also includes our pharmacy automation and drug diversion services. To give you some perspective of the pharmacy operations at our academic medical center, has around a $70 million drug spend each year. We do around 9 million inpatient doses dispensed every year. We do have a decentralized distribution model with OmniCell as our largest vendor. And then we have other automation within our sterile compounding space, both hazardous and non-hazardous. 
We have some automation in our tray management and packaging solutions. And within our procedural areas, uh, we deploy uh, just over 80 anesthesia workstations. Well, that's quite an impressive uh, enterprise you have there. Now, Rich, you're the chief CRNA for pediatric anesthesia. So describe for our audience your role and how the anesthesia discipline is organized at Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. Atrium Wake Forest, we have five different hospitals that we provide anesthesia for. Three are outside hospitals. We have in main campus, we have an outpatient, an inpatient, and a pediatric and an OB unit. So I'm over OB and pediatrics. And fortunately, I'm the chief of pediatrics, but I also get to be in a room and do my own cases probably two or three times a week. So I'm very happy about that. So I get to use the, the stuff Katie sends over. This is an estimated number, but probably 120 CRNAs and probably 60 to 80 anesthesiologists in our system. We work really well together. We provide anesthesia in a team concept where there's a nurse anesthetist and an anesthesiologist taking care of patients. In the pediatric area, we provide anesthesia for all the surgical services. And then we also go to some outside hospitals to do some outpatient pediatrics. Now, our audience members know and appreciate that the OR environment is a dynamic, high-risk setting due to the drugs used and the types of procedures performed there. So Rich, please describe for our audience what a normal start to your day looks like. So in the past, between 5.30 and 6, we would line up at the pharmacy to get a cassette that would have all the non-narcotic, non-controlled drugs that we would need for the day. So we would take that and a narcotic pack back to our room and then start to set up. While we're setting up, we would do a gas machine check get all the instruments we need to provide anesthesia for patients. And then in the pediatric world, it's a little more tricky because each patient is a different size. So um, there's a decent amount of setup needs to be done. We would use a sticker system. So when we pulled up the drugs into a syringe to give to the patient, we put a sticker on them that would label, that would have the name and then a, a color for the different types of medications. Then after the case was over, we would put our narcotics back into a bag, return in the pharmacy, and then get another cassette and then start the whole process over. Since Omnicell has come into our ORs, it's been really, really nice and that we have everything we need at our fingertips. If there was a special medication that wasn't in the cassettes, cassettes are, can only hold so many medications, we would have to call a pharmacy, have someone go get it, call our anesthesia tech. This way, pretty much everything is in the room right there for us. So if an emergency arises or we change our plan, our medications are there for us. Narcotics also are there. So if, if there's a certain narcotic, once again, we can pick that right out at our fingertips. The other really nice thing is the labeling process. Jayco really, and for good reasons, wants us to have the type of medication, the date that was drawn up, time, and our initials. And it was very hard to get people to comply with that just because you're pulling up a lot of different medications and making different syringes. With the label system, is very nice. It does all that for us, automatically dates it with our initials. And the added benefit is that when we scan the drug to make the label, it says it back to us. So it's actually a second accountability of that we're drawing up the correct drugs. Thanks, Rich, for that before and after recap. So, Katie, how does that change in the start of the day for Rich impact pharmacy efficiency and workflows? Yeah, well, you heard Rich say that in the mornings they had to line up to get their cassettes from the pharmacy. And so we certainly had to keep a lot of different cassettes or maybe others might call them kits or trays ready within our OR pharmacy satellite. And so first thing in the morning, we were hopping in our operations to get the ORs up on time. We had inventory needs that were hard to predict just because we didn't always have visibility 
the different inventory levels or utilization in the manual process. We did the best that we could with all of the manual process, but certainly it was hard to say that our human counting and tracking was always reliable or accurate. We also didn't really have insight into what was wasted versus administered to the patient. Expiration date tracking was tough through the manual environment. And, and certainly despite a lot of our human hours and efforts put into these services, our workflows just really weren't efficient. And so when automation came into our medication use process within the OR, we know we can better meet the needs of our anesthesiology colleagues and our patients. We have improved ability to make data-driven decisions. We can be more predictive in our inventory needs, have some increased ability to manage medication shortages, as we all know that they plague us um, for years. And certainly our anesthesiology colleagues, man, they've, they've gotten the brunt of a lot of the medication shortages over the years. And so we've certainly appreciated their patience, but the automation has really helped us with our ability to manage those. We've been able to reduce are expired and waste of, of medications, and it certainly can enhance collaboration or communication across the pharmacy department and anesthesiology departments. Well, thanks for those candid and helpful insights. So Rich, in such a dynamic environment with cases one after another, can you walk us through a manual workflow and discuss the potential safety gaps for providers and patients in a manual OR environment? So in a manual OR environment, if something changes as an emergency and you didn't have the drug in your OR, you will have to get it somehow. You'd have to have someone who could go get the drug for you as anesthesia can't leave the patient. There'd have to be a way to get the drugs actually to the person who would be administrating them. And there's just inefficiencies in going and lining up at the pharmacy each morning to get your drugs. This is much, much quicker flow. We did worry at, when they first decided, because oh, our hours changed because everything was in the room. So we, we were very worried at the very start that we wouldn't have pharmacy support when we needed it. It's hard to change workflows when people get used to them after so many years. There's really not been an issue. We found that we have everything we need or in a workroom, there's a, a larger omnicillin that keeps drugs that might not be in each room. So that's easy to get to. Or we, we also have someone at the, a main pharmacy that we can call if we have a question. So I really feel the pharmacy at elbow support it has not been an issue at all going with the new Omnicell system. As far as compliance issues, in the Omnicell system, when you're wasting narcotics, we sign on with a nurse in the room or another anesthesia colleague can sign on with us. And then we waste right there and then waste into a approved container. So there's a witness there watching the waste. And for the most part, the amount that we give comes over and, and populates the fields where we're wasting. It's very important. I don't mean to keep speaking about the pediatric environment, but we use such smaller doses of drugs. It makes the math a lot easier when um, when it comes over automatically. You're listening to the Future of Pharmacy podcast. I'm your host, Ken Perez. Today's guests are Katie Muir, System Director of Pharmacy, and Rich Greiner, Chief CRNA for Pediatric Anesthesia of Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. Now, Rich, let's continue discussing manual versus automated workflows. How do the benefits of automation play out during a typical case? 
It's easy to organize your medications. Everything's there so you can get stuff ready for the following case, get everything set up in the morning. That makes it very easy. We now have a system where the patients for that particular room come up and you're not scrolling through all the all the patients in the OR, all the patients in the hospital to find the patients you're looking for. Um, once I sign in, my list of patients come up. So that's, that is very, very nice. We have the medications we need and we can check them when we make our label. If something needs to be diluted into a LR saline, uh, we get an alert for that. And the documentation of, of waste is, is very easy. Katie, what kinds of problems does automated workflow solve from a pharmacy perspective? Well, first and foremost, it engenders trust with the anesthesiology team. Providers are able to trust that the right meds or the supplies that are stocked in the anesthesia workstations are there ready for them. The automation allows for the provider to be directed um, to the correct drawer in the pocket for the medication to be picked. And then with the ability to scan the barcode, it allows uh, for the opportunity to reduce uh, potential medication errors, to verify that the correct medication is in your hands before actually administering. That scanning then also records transactions for inventory purposes, which of course helps in the pharmacy space and visibility to the inventory. The workflow can automate documentation and compliance and the wasting procedures that you just heard Rich uh, talk through. So essentially, we've really seen automation simplify all of the workflows and increase safety checks along the way from the pharmacy perspective. Katie, I understand that you're also one of the first organizations to use closed loop functionality in the OR. So please explain what that is and the problems it solves. Yes, we are really excited about the opportunity that we had to, to bring in uh, closed loop. It's essentially interoperability between our electronic health record and the OmniCell XD anesthesia workstation. Within our organization, EPIC is our electronic health record. And so there's an interface between EPIC and OmniCell to bring the issuing of medications to link them to the administration that's documented within the electronic health record. We've had interoperability within our OmniCell XT automated dispensing cabinets for a few years, but had a large gap in our controlled substance accountability and medications that were used within our procedural areas. We have a comprehensive drug diversion program for all of our hospitals, and that gap was listed on our FMEA as a large risk for us for the past few years. And so the closed loop functionality that automatically identifies any variance between the medications dispensed, wasted, or administered helped us to, to close that gap. We do use it in all of our hospitals to simplify processes for reconciling controlled substances that are used, waste, or transferred to another provider. So that's another function that we picked up by using the software is to allow for controlled substances to be transferred between different providers during the procedural cases. And then there's functionality, you actually heard Rich talk about it, called the scheduled patient list. It, allows for the anesthesiology provider to just see their patients when they log in that are set up for their cases for the day. And it allows them to not have to scroll through hundreds of patients uh, and patient records to find their patients. So overall, we're seeing greater compliance and accountability, uh, reduced variance rates, and certainly less time spent from our drug diversion team and, and pharmacy audits for controlled substance transactions. Now, hospitals and providers take many other precautions to ensure that surgical procedures are safe and successful. So, Rich, why do so many hospitals and anesthesiologists continue the practice of operating in a non-automated medication management environment? 
So I think maybe some of that is just people are used to a work system and a workflow that works well in their environment. And it's sometimes hard for anesthesia providers to try something new. We're very controlling in our environment and we like to make sure everything's very safe. So once we figure out a way to make things safe, it's hard for us to have someone else come in and maybe offer a suggestion. It's not that we're closed-minded, it's we, we just want to make sure we're taking care of our patients. I think also another thing is that there's real estate in the Omnicell cabinet. We're used to having our whole anesthesia cart to ourselves, and now we have to share that with several cabinets or with drugs. So and we can speak about that in a little bit about what we did to make sure this was a success, but you're giving up some real estate that you need for your supplies. So I think it's just the change in our culture and then the perceived cost, I'm sure, has a little bit to do with it. Going back to what Katie said about compliance, I forgot to mention earlier, there is a system in the Omnicell that allows drug transfer to another provider. So if I'm relieving a resident or relieving another CRNA or, or if I'm getting relief for the day, there's a very accountable way that we both sign in. And there's a record of me giving my narcotics to the next health uh, anesthesia provider that's coming into my OR so that if something's lost or misplaced, it's an easy way to track to see who actually is accountable for those narcotics. Thanks, Rich. Now, you've mentioned that change can be challenging. So what are your recommendations for getting the OR and hospital leadership on board? Katie and our pharmacy colleagues did a wonderful job making sure that we met a whole lot before we brought in Omnicell. They were very open. I think they knew their audience and they knew that we needed to have, feel like we had some ownership over the process. So we met, they were very accommodating. They were really, really wanted all the Omnicells to be the same. And, and I can understand why it's easier for stocking. It's easier to make sure certain meds are in certain drawers, but it just didn't work in our system. And we were very nervous about that. You need different drugs in OB that you do in pediatrics, in, in, in the cardiovascular rooms and an outpatient. And so they listened to our concerns and they let each department decide where the drugs would be. And then they came back and corralled us into making things as as much the same as possible with just a few tweaks. And in all honesty, it's worked out just fine. And, and so that's been good. They also listened to us about our concerns about the materials. They really didn't come in and say, this is what we're doing and, and it doesn't matter if you're happy with it or not. They, they helped let us be part of the process. Well, those are great suggestions and great things that to, to help with change management. Now say a pharmacy leader is successful in getting the project approved. Katie, what approach would you recommend to achieve maximum adoption? Well, Rich just said some really kind words. The team there was, was great to work with. In all of my years of working with anesthesia providers, I, I found that we really had the same goal in caring for patients in a, in a safe manner. So my suggestion is to recruit champions, you know, from within the anesthesiology team that you work with, uh, lean as examples bring them on board early so they have a chance to be able to share with you, sort of set those objectives and goals together. I think pharmacy leaders have an opportunity to kind of anticipate some of the objections or concerns that might come forward and have some of your responses thought through before headed to the table because it allows for some quicker conversations. I think it's really important to be present. Don't walk away. I mean, you're, you're bringing a massive change to workflows. So being present, you heard Rich say of us being there, being at the elbow 
Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be one pharmacy leader, but if you have a, a team that, that works through it, making sure that you're present in the go live efforts before and after, I think really helps. And the last thing I'd say is depending on your operations and workflows, you may be able to consider a pilot in a couple of your ORs or with a team that uses them consistently. We piloted the new interoperability function at one of our hospitals before rolling it out everywhere. What ended up happening is a few of our anesthesia providers that float between facilities, once they had access to it at the one uh, pilot site, they became the strongest advocates to, to move up our timeline a little faster to roll out the interoperability to our system. And so pilots have an opportunity to help you as well. Well, those are terrific recommendations, Katie. Thank you so much for that. I'm sorry, but I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today. Katie Muir and Rich Greiner, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insights, which I'm certain our listeners have found very helpful. And I'd like to thank you, our listening audience, for joining us today. For the Future of Pharmacy podcast and for Omnicell, I'm Ken Perez. Thanks for listening. This has been the Future of Pharmacy podcast, featuring the innovators transforming medication management. Until next time, don't get stuck in the clouds. The Future of Pharmacy podcast is brought to you by OmniCell.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.